It's a Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, Season 3, Episode 10, Fighting the February Funk. Right, good morning, good afternoon, maybe it's commute time, maybe you're on a snow day if you live out here in the Midwest. Um, I am Mike, Principal Extraordinaire from Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a Title I Specialist from Mesa, Arizona, and we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, where Mike and I dive into the ideas of passion, unity, DIY, bringing that punk rock mindset to our classrooms, into our schools, so we can build the best scene possible for our kids. Yeah, it's all right if you never used Elmer's glue or egg whites to hold your liberty spikes up throughout a day of high school. It's you, we, we all can still be punks here. It's all about bringing that that punk rock mentality to our teachers and students. That that's right. That's and, right. And, and so this, Mike, it's February. It's kind of the doldrums month. I say that like as a person with yeah. a February birthday, <laughs> right? But February is this month where we're all. I, I just feel February is kind of this like kind of month in in personal and in school, right? We're in between our big break and spring break. We have the idea of state testing looming fourth quarter, right? That's right. Third quarter always feels like this sort of like swamp of of school. And I don't know how else to say it other than it feels like, you know, this kind of mire part of, of, of school. So I thought this would be a good time for you and I to talk about how do we get inspired to keep doing what we're doing? How do we get inspired to spark our passion for education? Um, Because look, this job we know is an incredibly difficult job. And right now, especially right now. Yeah. You know, I, I have, I have friends who are talking about leaving education. I mean, we're seeing news articles about, you know, the, the shortage of teachers and, and in no way do I want to sort of say that there aren't reasons to be upset right. with the state of public education in, in the United States and sort of the attacks on educators and stuff like that. But, but for you and I, um, what do we do to sort of combat the doldrums of, of February as educators, right? I'm no longer a classroom teacher. You're not a classroom teacher, but what, what are the things that we do to kind of get us juiced to get through the, 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 the year to keep us going, to keep going strong, even when everything is flying at educators. So I want to start Mike, like what's one thing you do to kind of stay inspired and spark your passion for education, to be a, to, to be a campus uh, leader, to be a principal. What do you, what do you do to help you with that? What's one thing? Oh man, there's so many, you know, Well, we're going to bounce back and forth. So I'm glad there's so many. So what, (laughs) I mean, I, number one, you know, and, and I'm going to say it right now, most of my responses, most of my things I do are going to have nothing to even do with education. (laughs) So that keeps me, you know, inspired and and wanting to keep moving forward. But I mean, I'll, I'll make those connections, but I would say the number one thing that I do to keep myself because yeah february is a, is a rough month i mean i think i even referenced in my book how february is like it's the shortest month but it's like the longest month for educators you know and um I, for me number one man it's like taking care of yourself like 
and we've talked about it on the show before. We've seen the articles. We know how cliche it's been to talk about self-care. And, you know, you know, we did the episode on what's your punk, but it's so true because if you and for me, like if I don't take care of myself, like if I'm not eating right and, and running or lifting or going on the bike or whatever, like if I'm not, I've noticed, you know, it has a it like drains me and and it doesn't put my mind in the right thing. So number one, like consistently, like I have to make sure I'm taking care of myself uh, to just keep me going through everything that life is throwing at you and everything that school is throwing at you right now, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I also think like as as um, as a building leader, uh, you have to be able to like tell your teachers that it's not just like practice self-care. Like it's not that, right. but you have to give the space for that to happen as well. You have to pull back some of those unnecessary asks as a as, right. a, as a campus leader. You have to sort of um, allow people to sort of, you have to allow to say like, you know what? I'm not going to email you this weekend. So it's not going to happen. Right. Cause I know that there are, you know, there are people who like, well, I'm just, it's Friday night. I'm going to send that out. I don't expect anybody to look at it, but you know that there are teachers. I have my email on my phone. I always had my email connected to my phone as a, as a classroom teacher. And even though I didn't want to look at that email, if I saw it come across, I was like, okay, I'm going to read it. Right. Like even I would try my hardest not to do it. So I I think we have to build that. We have to build the possibility for people to shut down over the weekend. We have to build the possibility to let people know, like, you know what? If you didn't get it done today in the time we had in this building together, it's all right. We'll tackle it. We'll tackle it tomorrow. Right. Um, I think that's, I think that's a really good one. I think for me, one of the things and uh, that I think is, is an important thing to do. And, and I want to hear your take on this as well Is for me, it's really going into classrooms. I have the ability, I have the ability this year way more than I had um, as a, as a classroom teacher. But one of the things I used to love to do as a classroom teacher on my prep hour, if I could, was go into other teachers' rooms yeah. and just and just pop in. One of my favorite things to do was not even to go watch another social studies teacher. One of my favorite things to do was to go into the music department. At a high school, to be able to go, you know what? I'm going to go through the choir room today. I'm going to go into the band room today and just hear what they're doing and just see kids doing something outside of math and English and social studies and science and, and see them perform something and express themselves that made me always go like, Oh yes, this day is going to be whenever I could do that. I loved it. And I always, I always, I would ask my choir teachers, is it okay if I pop in? Right. I'm coming. I just want to come through. And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. That's fine. I, one time uh, I got to sing with the boys, the, like we had a, a, oh, men, cool. a men's choir. And so like, yeah. I, was, I was coming through and hanging out. He's like, Hey, do you want to join us for one song for the men's choir? I'm like, yes, of course I do. Right. Uh, but as a, you know, as since I'm no longer in the classroom, um, I really need to walk into those rooms to get pumped about being on campus and just seeing the cool things that are happening in, in our classrooms make me go, okay, what can I do to help people? What can I do to be here to support my my you know our, our my colleagues on campus? What can I do? It makes me want to to give more when I can see what my, what, what our teachers are doing and I can go, okay, how can I support them more? Right. It inspires me to do that, to walk that building, to walk those rooms. And as a classroom teacher, watch, watching my colleagues helped me go, Oh, I want to try that. 
I want to go do that. How come I'm not doing that in my classroom? Um, I remember we used to do this thing. We did uh, instructional rounds is what we called it. And we would go through and it was really while we were learning Danielson as a, as a district, because it was going to be our evaluation process. But one of the sort of like side things that came out of it, aside from learning Danielson and being able to go in and go like, Oh, that's three a or whatever. Right. Um, it was the ability to go see my colleagues do cool things and not really be concerned about, Oh, that's, that's three a, or this is two B, but to really just go in and go like crap. I never would have thought to do that with my kids, or I really loved your attention grabber with your students. And I really loved the way that you started your lesson out with kids and the way that you question kids and had them question each other. Being able to see my colleagues do that was something that just sparked me to go back and try those things in my room. I think, and yeah, I I think that's <clears throat> huge, and and that was going to be one of my things is getting into classrooms because for you touch on so many things. I mean, one, if you're a building leader or in some type of leadership role, it it not only you're not only doing these informal evaluations or whatever, but it gives you so much of an insight to you know, your culture, the status of where your staff sat, how your students are kind of perceiving their learning environment. Like you yeah. get so much data of, of what is going on and where you kind of need to steer the ship, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I, I agree with you, man. When I was a teacher, I loved giving up my, my prep time and just go watching other people. And I, I was the same way. I preferred to, to go. I was a middle school ELA teacher. I wanted to see subjects that I didn't teach and how do they kind of approach and engage and, and, yeah. you know, do their craft. And same thing. I remember once I went in and I watched the band. I, I can't remember which band it was, you know, cause there's like, there's jazz and beginning yeah. and orchestra, yeah. but it, I mean, you got one director there with 60 students, right? You know? Yeah. And, and when he's like, I'm going to focus just on the clarinets in the other 50 kids are just like the class, that classroom management. Like you want to yeah. learn classroom management go watch a band director. <laughs> That's right. It, it just, it was so cool. And I mean, it also brings it down, breaks down like those, those walls of, um, you know, you you're more open to collaborate now you know yeah, that you're in this sure. together and so one thing that i've been doing because it's it not even just right now in february it's it's so much that's why we're doing this episode but it's easy when you just have your classroom to get blinded by and let's say you're having a rough year you know you've yeah. got a rough group of kids or whatever you've got some parents that are just every day on you and you're getting beat down by it, you start to think like this is education and I can't do this anymore because you're living that day to day. But by right. getting out and seeing other rooms, you kind of see like, okay, this isn't just how it is. And so one thing that I've been doing, um, I started this when we were um, remote learning last year. I, I did not come up with this, like everything in education, you know, everything's borrowed. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, our good friend Jeff Prickett gave me this idea and I do, I, I, I brought it back, even though we're in person, I was like, I need to bring this back. And I brought back, um, we call it a grizzly check-in 
send it out. It's, it's, you, it's anonymous. You can do it. You don't have to do the survey. I send it out on a Thursday. There's like five questions, you know, like, is there anything I can do to help you? Um, we share one highlight from the week, give one staff member a shout out of what they did and why. And then I throw like a random question in like, how can you drink more water? You know, or <laughs> if, if, if you walk down the hallways and a theme song played, what would your theme song be and why? And what I do then is on Fridays, I will copy and paste the highlights and yeah. the shout outs and I send those out to the whole staff, like, hey, here's the results. And sometimes we have 20 responses. One week we had six because <clears throat> just the way the week fell. Yeah, was yeah. busy. But, you know, I had my midpoint evaluation with my um, evaluators early this week. And they said they love that because they're like, it's they're like, it kind of made us happy when we saw the results you're sending out because it makes you remember like, man, there's a lot of good things. Yeah. Still happening here. And I work with, and you work with awesome see. people, right? You work with awesome right. people and you, and you know that that's that appreciation part, right? Where we're just a little bit of thanks for what you do. I appreciate this. I saw you do this. That's that thing that can spark you a little more too. Right. Um, is, is sharing that appreciation, I think, because it comes back to you, right? You give it out, people give it to you. And, and it feels good to tell people the awesome thing they did or how you, how, how you're thankful for the support they gave you. Like I had a phone call Friday morning, you know, it's, my right now, my assistant principal is currently um, on FMLA. So, you know, I'm kind of flying solo, which is fine. I've done it before, you know, and the nice thing is the staff, you know, they know to kind of step up. I've got, we've got some fellow administrators that come a few days a week just to give me an extra hand on a couple of days, but I get a phone call. You know, my secretary is like, there's someone on the phone that wants to talk to you about um, the parking lot. Like, all right, this ain't, this is not how I want to start my day. Like, <laughs> of course, there's snow everywhere. We just came back from two days of snow. Yeah. Like, yes, I understand it's going to be a mess. And she, she wanted to, to tell me, you know, your staff member who's out there directing the parking lot, I want you to know he is just doing an amazing job. He's keeping everybody safe, you know. And I'm like, so, I mean, I made a huge deal, man. Like the morning <laughs> announcements, I'm like, hey, we got a special shout out for Mr. Ferguson. And like, that's a thing. Like, yeah, he's like, you don't know how much that meant to me because all I'm do I'm getting yelled at. He's like, I get yelled at in the parking lot all day because people don't want to follow the rules. Right. So like to hear like somebody's like appreciative of it. Yeah. It, it makes it makes, you know, turn his, his whole day was awesome. Yeah, I, I think that that's. I think if we want to wheel that into another way to sort of to sort of get out of the doldrums, it really is to share that appreciation with other with the people around you that you appreciate yeah. what they're doing, and then it does spread. It does come back to you. You do hear about it. One of the things. So we had our A plus visit, and it's a really it's, oh it's yeah, a, you're saying that it's a really weird thing to talk. It's this weird thing we do uh, where you know you have people come and they grade your school. You app you apply for it. They come and they interview all these people. Well, to prep for it, we had people coming out and helping us paint. So we had district. I'm in a really big district, so yes, we have painters. We have our own crew of guys who work for the district. They work in operations. They paint stuff, right? They're the district painters. They came through and were painting one of our uh, fences, one of our metal fences. They were going through and painting it because it hasn't been painted in a while. It looks a little rough. Yeah. They try to pretty up the schools for these eight for our A plus visit. And every day on announcements, 
we would say, hey, we want to say thank you to the painters that are here today. They're making Jefferson look awesome. We want to thank them for what they're doing. So if you see one of those painters outside, tell them thank you for making Jefferson look pretty, right? Um, and we had those painters go like, no one ever says anything to us on announcements. Thank you so wow. much for like, for saying that we had kids come up to us and say, thank you. And that never happened. So thank you so much. Like that little bit, that little thing can, can sort of help spark passion for people around you and help them get through that sort of doldrum. So it's not just about how do we make ourselves, how do we dig ourselves out of the swamp of February and education, but how do we help dig other people out? Um, I think one of the other things that we can really do is, is what, I mean, what we're doing right now, having these conversations, right? right? Talking, talking to people about your craft, whether that's on Twitter, whether it's, you know, listening to a podcast and hearing other people talk about it, reading about the, your craft as an educator, all of those things help me kind of spark myself up knowing that this conversation between you and I happens every other week, right? Really lets me think about, and reflect on what I do. And that helps right. me get, get out of this. Is there a certain thing that you've, that you've read lately or that you're looking at, or that you have that sort of gets you going that you're like, okay, when I need a little pick me up, this is one of those things I look at. This is one of those things I, I read or a person I, I, a way I reach out to people. You know, actually. Yeah. So <clears throat> this school year, like it's, it's been rough. Like my reading has not been where it needs to be. I feel um, you, man. I, I feel I, it's in, and um, even, even social media wise, like, I feel like when I kind of leave, you, you mentioned earlier about shutting your emails off. You know, I, I've really focused this year of shutting when I leave school at five o'clock, it, I, it, it doesn't start back up for me until I walk in the next day. You know, when I leave on a Friday, it's not till Monday. And, and it's been nice because the staff's adapted to that. Like, and I won't get emails after hours. And if I do, they know I'm not going to respond. Um, so even like reading wise, like when I get home, like it's, it's with the family. So I haven't been active on social media or Twitter chats as much, but one thing that I've been doing um, this year I picked up a book by uh, Ryan Holiday. <clears throat> it's called The Daily Stoic. And it's just got each each day there's a new um, little little piece to read. And it's this is kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of did um, a punk rock reflection on, on this topic, how just I can only control like myself. Right. Yeah. I can't control what the state's going to decide to do. I can't control what district office is going to do. You know, I can't control how a parent's going to react to a situation or initiative, just how I react. And so, you know, this book, like it's been nice, like every morning I've been getting up, I won't even check my, take my phone out yet. I'll just kind of, yeah, it takes two minutes, read this little piece. And they kind of like explain um, yeah. like today, today's topic was don't look for strife in your life. You know, it talks about uh, Woodrow Wilson. So he wanted to go enlist in like world war one when he was 59 and he want, he was looking for things to make his life seem like he was doing something like sometimes it's okay just to like sit back. You don't have to look because we all know those people that kind of are always looking for looking for like something to complain about or, Oh, woe is me or all oh, the world's yeah. falling. So it's, it's this book and it's just been kind of nice to kind of sit back and reflect and like focus on myself. You know, if that makes any sense. I have a cup of coffee with it and yeah, I wouldn't call I, it meditating, but it's more just <laughs> for reflecting. sure. You know, it's forced me to reflect daily now. 
Yeah, I, I think I think one of the things that I think works uh, for me is like I, I said, you know, just just doing this and having this weekly conversation with you has been really is is always is always something that sort of makes me go like, okay, I'm ready, I can tackle right what comes next. But you know, we we have you know friends that we connect with on social media on Voxer who will drop a message or I'll drop them a message, and those little connections just checking in are yeah. also sort of really sort of it's one of those things that helps pull me out of a funk sometimes. Right. Or, or just going like, Hey man, just checking in, seeing how you're doing. You know, I saw you posted this online or those things like that. Those things really sort of go like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like those, those bits and pieces, those, those, those connections with people are really great. And one of the other things is really like just decompressing with your colleagues. Right. Um, or people in education. I'm lucky enough to be married to an educator um, that we're able to sort of decompress and talk and reflect together. Um, And so I'm, I'm lucky to have that. And I know not everybody has that, you know, that person that, you know, they spend every day with that they can, they can do that with. But I think if you can find that person in your work um, at work, or if you can find that colleague that, you know, that you can really sort of like, it's a place to vent, but it's also a place to, to sort of like contemplate, right. And talk right. and talk through things with, that's a really important part that I think sometimes we miss out on as educators, because again, you mentioned it earlier, we get siloed in our room, right. You get siloed in the four walls of your classroom yeah. and then, you know, you're like, okay, I don't have time to eat. So I'm not going to go to the, I'm not going to go to the teacher's lounge or, you know, uh, you know, I really can't make happy hour this week. I've, you know, like I just, Oh man, I just need to get out of here. Right. We've been able to have some, some, some really good happy hours this year and just be able to kind of like, um, sort of decompress as a staff and be able to like do those things and find people to talk to. And, you know, I've really, I've got a really great, you know, really great principal and a, and a Dean that I'm working with that we're able to kind of just reflect and talk through stuff. And I think that's really important to help us get through the doldrums of February, not to I try think- to, not to try to be solo act. Right. We've talked about right, it before. Right, this this right. doesn't have to be, solo, you know, and I've noticed too, those type of, informal off the record conversations. Cause I've got certain staff that me being the, the leader of the school of principal, you know, I'm a human being still yeah. so like I've got certain staff that I know I can go and shut their door and be like, can I just share this with you? And like, yeah. they know that it's, it's, Hey, this is going nowhere. This is just two people talking. It's not boss yeah. employee, but I've found when we do these kind of informal, you know, vent sessions or whatever, a lot of times it's, it's one to kind of get that release out and all that. But at the same time, we've been able to find solutions to so many things yeah. through it. Maybe not in that moment, but there's been lots of times, <clears throat> you know, I'll, I'll see somebody who was, who was, you know, ranting to me. And then a few days later, be like, Hey, remember when you were talking about this? What if we took this approach or what if we implemented this yeah. and we're able to be like, after you kind of get it out, you know, and you're, it just kind of like the reflection subconsciously or whatever will, will help you and them and whoever um, find solutions to whatever, whatever it was. And sometimes it's just, Hey, I just want to get this off my chest. But yeah, I think I think that that's the thing. We but, need that, but we also don't want to. We also don't want to sit in that negativity, right? So you kind of want to like throw it off and then go, okay, I got it done. I talked about it. Right. Um, you know, let's let's 
get back to what we're doing. Um, but I, you know, I think when we look at this, I, th- I think that those are key things that, that we're, that we're hitting, right. We talked about this idea of like, you know, you got to make time for yourself. If you want to, if you want to be able to spark that passion, you got to go check and see what other people's are, other people are doing. Go yeah, watch, go learn, sure. go take from, go observe, go do what you can. And then, you know, just sharing and talking and connecting about what we do as educators, whether that's, you know, reading about it, connecting with people on social media, finding that, that colleague that you can, in, that you can invest some time and some conversation in those things really help get through sort of the, the low time. Yeah. So, to, to wrap us up, we're trying something new. We reached out, we reached out uh, to the Twitterverse and asked a question. We're going to try to, we're going to try to see if we can weave this into some episodes. Mike, we've got a question from the crew. I said, Hey, Mike yeah. and I are recording today. Give us a question. <laughs> what can we talk about? And so we're going to, we're going to rapid fire, just answer this question really quick. And so here's what we got. Elijah Carbajal, our, our buddy on Twitter at Car Bailey uh, asked this question, uh, allowing students to talk quietly in the hallways. Yes or no? Why? Um, so, Mike, what do you got? Talk in the hallways. What's your What's your thought on this? I say yes, a hundred percent. Like, and he he said quietly. He threw that in there. I and I think that's key. You know, our hallways are filled. Like outside of the bathroom, you know, we're elementary building, so the the, the for the most part. There's always supervision. The teacher's always with the entire class when they're traveling. Yeah. We've got outside every bathroom, you know, words while we wait. We've got riddles out there. We've got things to do. Um, and and plus, the hallway is like an unstructured time. So I think, yes. And plus, if you're going to have staff talking in the hallway, how are you going to tell those kids, hey, you can't talk, but we can right now? <laughs> because it, it doesn't make sense, right? Yeah. So. Uh, yes, there's a time and a place when we're doing testing, when we're doing our NWEA or our state testing coming up. No, we do kind of ask, hey, stay away from this hallway, these bathrooms, you know, we don't want. Yeah. But for the most part, just your daily stuff, I say, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a time to let it out. For sure. And, and for me, this is, you know, having been in both places, having been a secondary teacher for so long and now in, in elementary, this is a very elementary school question, right? Um, At the high school level, we have passing periods. And I'm going to tell you, there's absolutely no way that you're going to get 3000 kids (laughs) to be quiet during passing periods. Like every child dumps into the hallway. I was on a campus with 3,400 kids that doesn't exist now. Right. Are we, do we ask kids not to like yell and be, you know, gigantically disruptive in the hallway? Yes. Right. But there's well, no way to teaching them the expectations like anything, you know, right. if you're PBIS, you teach them the hallway expectations. Right. And so I, I think that for me, I go like, okay, this is a very, you know, a very sort of, you know, um, elementary style question. And at the same time, I know that like, we, you know, we have outside hallways, we have outside doors. I'm in Arizona. We don't have an indoor building. I have buildings and the doors face outside. Right. So Whenever you, whenever you walk out of the classroom, you are outside, right? So that allows for a little more volume that allows for a little more talking. And I think you're right. We have to sort of teach the expectation of, yeah, you can talk quiet. You can talk to your neighbor. We don't have to be silent, but you know, at the elementary level, when you're traveling from your classroom to your special, there are people in their classroom 
Who knows? Right. Maybe they're maybe they're doing right. progress monitoring. Maybe they're doing a maybe they're doing silent, you know, maybe they're doing silent reading. Maybe they're doing, you know, collaborative work together where they're they're doing whatever, you know, and maybe they're doing author's corner or whatever it is. You want to give them the space to make sure that you're not disrupting their learning. Right. But I think the bubbles in the mouth don't say a thing. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a little anti that because where else in the world? Is that something that we that right. we expect of people, right? So I think what we see sometimes is we put a bunch of restrictions on elementary kids. Then they get to junior high, and you've been in the junior high, and we start to yep. remove some of those. And when we start to remove some of those, kids don't know how to handle that small amount of removal, right? right? And then right. when they move to high school, we remove even more of those. And sometimes your freshmen just, they don't know how to handle the little bit more right. freedom you give them. So I think we have to do a better job of, of, of giving kids the freedom at an earlier age with those guardrails, with expectations. But sometimes I feel like when we move them from elementary to junior high, we rip that bandaid off and kids are like, right, we just kind of, it's, it's just like some of those kids that you grow up with the first time they go to college. It's like, yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's a disaster for them because they haven't, their parents were so strict growing up. And then it's like, here you go. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's a a free for all. I think, I think, you know, I I think that that's the thing is your, your PBIS or whatever your matrix is that you're working with kids when they're in the hallway or whatever, we have to find a way that we can, that we give kids an opportunity to be kids because then what we're doing is we're just, we're getting upset at kids for six-year-old behavior. Right. right. Which is normal right. seven, eight year old behavior is to talk to your neighbor. Right. But we can we can work with them on on, on level of volume and when and those things. I think that's important. So good. Teaching to them. Qu- question from the crew. I'm I'm stoked. I hope that we you know, we're going to try to keep this going. So here we go, Mike. It would not be the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast if we didn't share what we've been listening to every Tuesday. If you follow us on social media, we do our picks of the week, but then on this episode, we kind of share whatever we've been listening to. So, so Mike, my man, what have you been listening to, bud? Honestly, I'm, I'm still listening to my pick of the week from last week, chemical fix. Um, you know, I just kind of found these guys on a rabbit hole hunt. They're on the same label, it's a good band. As, uh, it's a good band. <laughs> same label as time and pressure. And, American Nightmare, Give Up the Ghost, whatever you want to call them. They were one of, still one of my favorite bands ever, you know. Um, And these guys, Chemical Fix, remind me so much of them. And then I find out that Chemical Fix just ended a tour with American Nightmare. Like, oh, so there you go. It kind of, so it's, it's, it's American Nightmares put out a few new tracks recently. I, I don't know if I dig them as much as their old stuff, but these guys, Chemical Fix, it reminds me of like that just that energy from them. And I, I just, I'm really digging it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think what I've been listening to something that popped up for me is a band called statement of pride. It is a band. Sounds very hardcore. Oh, it's a new band, but it it is so nineties hardcore. Like I cannot explain, like it feels like it fell out of 1998, right? Like 1997. It feels very much in the vein of nineties hardcore. Uh, I mean, every song is very, it's like a song called a fire inside and you already know the lyrics, right? Like, does it still burn the fire inside, right? You can, you can feel it. Super nineties hardcore. 
hardcore vibe. Really dig it. It's one of those things where I'm like, okay, this is one of the things that gets me going. If I want to spark my passion in the morning, that's cool. listen to something loud that like yells at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the day. Let's do this. So that's been a, that's been a record, just a little EP. Go check it out. You can find it a fire inside uh, or a statement of pride. Uh, rad, rad little record. Um, go check it out. Uh, so Mike, I think that's it. You can find Mike yeah. and I on the internets uh, at punkrockclassrooms.com. You can find shows, you can find blogs, you can find poetry, you can find links to Mike's book, The Educulture Cookbook. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We have the same handles on each one. The show is at Punk Classrooms. Mike, you can find him at Mike R. Earnshaw. You can find me at Josh R. Buckley on both of those platforms. We'd love to interact, send us a message, talk to us, see what's going on, follow us there. I mean, it, we, we, we want to connect with the crew, so we appreciate it and we appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you at the show. The show. This is our This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.